0: And uh, thank you very much for joining me on the flip side. um, I have a a wonderful guest this evening um, who is going to talk to us a little bit about uh, our health, really, um, and what we can do to uh, try to make ourselves uh, a little bit healthier. Um, And and Clive DeCole will be joining us shortly. Uh, We're just going to have a little uh, chat while the numbers uh, stack up. Um, So let's just... Uh, make sure that we're all good and that I can see the chat. Um, and yeah, I was just going to have a little chat with you about, the, uh, about my week that has just gone by, where I have um, obviously went up to Newcastle last Tuesday to witness my team get knocked out of the uh, semi-final of the Carabao Cup, which was a, a little bit of a blow. Um, so I was there Tuesday, came back down Wednesday, and, uh, and on Thursday... I thought it was about time I started doing some exercise again. So uh, went out for a little run on Thursday, did a couple of interviews, um, and again on Friday morning, uh, did a little podcast, uh, and then played a little bit more golf on Friday. Um, and uh, uh got pipped. Well, it was one up with one to play, and, uh, the guy that I was playing against, my mate Mark Blake, decided to birdie the last hole and sneak a half when they didn't really deserve it. But uh, there you go um saturday when i watched my daughter uh, play a f- fantastic game of netball uh, in her under 14 league um where they beat the team in second place uh, by 29-27 very exciting game and uh, i never thought i'd get you know so tense at the kids netball match but uh, when it's your own kid it's uh, it's really funny uh, and then sunday um i was back on the television but obviously not in this country because uh, that would never happen again um, and uh, no, I was back on Indonesian TV uh, for Mola uh, Covering the final against um, PSV Eindhoven game Which, if you haven't seen it, you didn't get to see it If you do get a chance to see it, uh, I- I'd highly recommend it Wonderful game of football uh, Ended up 2-1 uh, That Dutch league is really uh, shaping out to be something quite uh, exciting this season So uh, if you uh, are uh, not aware of what's going on there take a look at the top of the Dutch league and um, yeah, it's going to be a a fantastic second half of the season. So good evening, everyone on the chat who are uh, all uh, saying hi. Uh, Thank you very much for joining me this evening. Uh, So where have I got to that? was Sunday. Yeah. So I was uh, um, up in London yesterday afternoon doing the game, came back down and last night spent two and a half hours on a zoom call um, with the doctors for COVID ethics Uh, Guys, a wonderful bunch of uh, doctors and scientists and all sorts of different professions. Um, And uh, just had a a bit of a chat with them for a a couple of hours. Um, uh, And yeah, and then today managed to get out on the golf course uh, this morning with my mates. And uh, this time had a very comfortable five and four victory, but was a little bit annoyed because after six holes today, I was two under par. And I was swinging the club really well. I thought, this is good. This is nice. I then decided to bogey three of the next four holes um, and then played the back nine in also one over par and finished two over par, which is my handicap. It's kind of 1.8 is my handicap, but the round promised so much more than that. Uh, So I was a little bit disappointed. Um, So I think we've got got plenty of you on right now. Uh, So thank you very much. And uh, I think it's time that we introduced our guest uh who has um got some fascinating insights into how we can make ourselves a little bit healthier uh, and i'm really looking forward to chatting we've got a whole host of questions for him um not just ones from me but also from you guys as well uh so it gives me great pleasure um to welcome uh, clive de Kull. good evening clive thanks for joining me good evening matt great pleasure thank you ah no problem at all um i, I um came across you earlier on this week i've got i'll be honest with you uh, my wife's hairdresser recommended that um she had a look at one of your videos and my wife came back and went blimey have a, have a listen to this uh, and i think it was your uh, your little 12 minute video on the on the benefits of vitamin c it was and then i kind of uh, you know had a little look about and uh, looked on your website and i thought blimey this guy's interesting i think i need to talk to him uh so uh, that's why I, I sent you the email and thank you very much for uh, for agreeing to come on, um, I wonder if you could give our, our viewers, actually, Clive, just before we just before we start the questions, if you could just give us a little bit of your your background and how you kind of got to where you've got today. Because I know this all started um, a, a few years ago when you were in your early thirties and uh, and a rather traumatic event happened to you.
1: Well, 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 that's right. Basically, the worst thing that ever happened happened, which of course now is the best thing that ever happened, but it seemed pretty bad at the time. I went to, to a medical doctor and I was already switched on to homeopathy and all sorts of things. But I don't know what came over me. I suddenly went to go to a doctor for something absolutely trivial. And the guy said, take this antibiotic, that'll sort you out. And it did sort me out. I was in hospital a few weeks later, a few months later, rather. I become so rheumatoid arthritis that one morning I couldn't get out of bed. I was like stranded in bed. I had my clothes and I couldn't get dressed anymore. I, I didn't have the strength to put my socks on. You know, it's just ridiculous. So they put me in hospital for weeks and weeks and weeks. They kept trying to give me drugs, and I kept saying, I'm not low on drugs. That's not my problem. Drug deficiency is not me. <laughs> and so then they realized I, I was type 1 diabetic, also from the antibiotic damage. And so once they corrected, well, once they started giving me insulin, which you know, they explained to me, you go, well, you're just going to be injecting yourself four times a day for the rest of your life. I'm great. And so, of course, they wouldn't admit it was antibiotic damage. It's just bad luck, one of those things, you know, whatever. And uh, anyway, after a few weeks in hospital, I figured out what was wrong with me. The antibiotics had affected my gut, and I've now got mineral and vitamin deficiencies. So I got wheeled out in the wheelchair, started taking vitamins and minerals, changed my diet a little bit, not that much. And um, bam, all the arthritis went away, and they said that was impossible. But, I mean, you know, I looked like I was 80 and you know that was 30 i'm now 68 so you know 37 years ago or so and i've never had an ache or a pain since you know and uh so i realized well hang on a sec and then my dad's best friend he got cancer for the second time and he said he'd been given weeks to live but he wasn't doing that chemotherapy rubbish again And they would taking one kidney out and he wasn't going to allow them to take another one out and he's on his way he tells me um that um what he did was he rang up Linus Pauling, the Nobel Prize winner, and Linus Pauling said, look, take 35 grams of vitamin C every day uh, in divided doses, see what happens. So uh, he didn't die in weeks. He died 20 years later, but not from cancer. And um, so I, I saw my own recovery. I saw my dad's best friend recovery. I thought, well, these doctors aren't actually what they're cracked up to be. So... um I had a contact lens company. I sold it and suddenly had I, I was in the luxurious position of thinking, well, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And I thought, I know. I'm going to teach people how to get well. So I just studied and studied. And then the internet came out. That was fantastic. So I became a serious YouTube addict for many years. And then I suddenly realized I had this opportunity. I could interview people and... They wouldn't charge me any money for the privilege of being interviewed. So I started interviewing my favorite health experts around the world. And lo and behold, I could ask them any question I liked. I was seeing clients at this time. So if I didn't know what to do with this client, I could ask the greatest expert in the world. And so suddenly I had this hundreds and hundreds of videos. And then in 2014, um, the government got in contact with me and gave me uh, the, the choice of a quarter of a million pound fine or take all my videos down in a 24-hour period. since is 2000. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was being wow. television-like, they said. I was doing, you know, Skype calls, you know. Uh, but the thing was, I was working with UK Column, who you've probably come across. I have, indeed. They were the real target. Uh, myself, uh, Ian Crane, a few people got sort of taken down as flack. Anyway, it inspired me because... You know, so you know, how often is it that something's really bad just turns into something really good? So I suddenly thought, I know what I'm gonna do, and I registered the name secrethealthclub.com. And all the videos that the government didn't want anybody to see, I started collecting in like an A to Z of you know, this is your ailment, here's your answer. And so that that was you know eight years ago or something, and I've got a small team that worked with me to turn the Secret Health Club into like a repository of knowledge, because I don't do consultations anymore. But um, what I want is for somebody who would have perhaps wanted what I know to go online and just look up, you know, arthritis or Alzheimer's or whatever it happens to be, and then hopefully in order of interest, there are some articles and main, mainly videos, um, because you, you used to be able to find everything on Google, but obviously now it's all been scrubbed. Mm-hmm. So it's <laughs> yeah. a way of sort of. Keep keeping the knowledge going.
0: Amazing. Um, and uh, the, the Secret Health Club, um, that's that, that's online, that's not on YouTube, no.
1: Uh, well, no, I, I got chucked off again uh, in 2020, right in January, because I started publishing vitamin C can be the answer to what's just happened for the last couple of years. And mm. so they really didn't like that. And so I got attacked by every agency that exists, you know, because I was... It was heresy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, actually on that point, um, one of our one of our viewers uh who's called once more has has thought, um, what are your thoughts on the efficacy of vitamin C on the spike protein which has been created by COVID injections? I don't know if uh, if that's something that you've looked into.
1: Well, I've put out quite a few videos interviewing people. Well, how 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 do we unjab people? If is such a thing possible? Mm. How would you do it? And um there are a number of core basic ingredients uh, that that will sort of do it. And I can run through them a little little briefly. You know, vitamin C is, like magnesium is the most important mineral. Arguably, vitamin C is is the most important uh, vitamin because uh, you know, there's a medical doctor, Dr. Thomas Levy, who wrote the book Curing the Incurable about vitamin C basically reversing ev- ev- every disease known to man um but on top of that there are sort of cofactors. um we got to do really is look at look at what the governments of the world are trying to ban i mean they they tried to ban nac you know and nc tar recently and so nac must be good you know yeah a given <laughs> um uh there are massive hit pieces going on about vitamin c and vitamin d right now so you know
0: I think I remember Matt Hancock. Didn't Matt Hancock stand up in Parliament um, very early on to uh, to deride vitamin D uh, as a you know uh, something that wasn't any good uh, for you in terms of um, uh, how it could help you against COVID? Do you remember that?
1: Well, I was out of the country for for all that I've I fled. So, well, I was in Mexico, so I, I didn't come back. But um, uh, you know, my experience with vitamin D something like 16, 17 years ago or something, I think I was studying Dr. Mercola, who's, who's a genius. And he was saying, look, vitamin D is the answer to stuff. So I started taking it. Now, up until that point, I used to get maybe two, three colds a year and a case of the flu. And it was, you know, I just thought that was normal. I really thought that was normal. And I never got a cold again. For me, all that it was, was I was deficient in vitamin D in winter. I lived in Spain for 10 years. I didn't take vitamin then i never had cold either i just had enough sun you know yeah
0: sunshine yeah uh, and a lot of the a lot of the things that are the best for you um are things that are actually free which is quite actually, nice like- <laughs> um one of our uh, viewers kev car has asked uh, can you ask clive what is a safe dose of vitamin c and can you is it possible to overdose and what are the effects of having too much vitamin c i think i've heard you speak about this before
1: yes um you know, you can overdose on anything, you can drown in water. So um, vitamin C, the body is self-regulating with vitamin C in a very similar way to magnesium, actually. You take too much, the body says, oh, oh," and you want to run to the bathroom because you're going to get diarrhea. Or before that stage, you might get a bit of a churning stomach, which is telling you, uh, you know, you've just done maybe too much at one time or too much in regular doses. So um, the... The thing is with vitamin c um if we were eating fresh fruits and vegetables uh, we wouldn't need to supplement with it but uh, unlike minerals vitamins uh deteriorate with time and heat so by the time that orange or that red pepper is in, on our kitchen table the chances are it's a few days old and a lot of the vitamin c is already just gone so pretty much all of us these days are, are low on vitamin c and when i'm Sort of feeling disciplined enough, I might take half a teaspoonful, maybe twice a day. Um, it depends what I'm eating, uh, but I've had people um, who have needed way more than that. I had a couple some time ago, and they were both under the weather, but they couldn't actually say what was wrong. They were just feeling tired and stuff. So I, I, I tell them, look, take half a teaspoonful, you know, every fifteen minutes or every thirty minutes. See how you go. Now, some people can't even handle half a teaspoonful. So if you're listening to this, you might want to start with an eighth of a teaspoonful, see how that is, then a quarter of a teaspoonful. You know, it doesn't really matter, but you want to take it little and often. So the guy, he gets to, I think, 25 grams, which is a lot, you know, 25 grams. And now now he's in the bathroom. The wife gets to 85 grams and she's run out of daytime. Wow. uh, So she was much more ill than he was because... Her body was allowing that much in, so you know there's a fabulous film which is on the Secret Health Club, but you can get it on YouTube still, as far well as I know, called Reverse Pneumonia in Three Hours, where Dr. Andrew Saul, uh, he's got pneumonia, he goes to the doc, the doc- another doctor, and um, Andrew Saul actually isn't a medical doctor, but he goes to a medical doctor, and says, yeah, you you've got pneumonia, so he takes two grams, about half a teaspoonful of vitamin C every six minutes, right? Two grams, two grams, two grams. Three hours later, he's turned off the pneumonia. His temperature has come back to normal. He's stopped coughing and sneezing. And I mean, people die with pneumonia. They'll put you in hospital for 12 weeks with pneumonia, you know. And you see that it's been known for 60 years that vitamin C reverses the symptoms known as pneumonia. I mean, it's been known for decades. Most of what I talk about is not new information you know it's old as the hills but it's suppressed yes the drug yeah. industry you know has bribed the media and bribed governments and the profits the profits on vitamin C you know uh, let's say let's say it was 10 quid the profits on uh, a cancer um, medicine might be I don't know 250,000 pounds per round and some people take maybe 15 rounds. So you're looking at millions and millions against a few ten quids.
0: It's yeah, it is amazing. That's what I've realised over the last uh, few years is that um, uh, most of the stuff that that we're being told by our government, if you actually did the opposite, you'd be far healthier. Um, that's 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 the conclusion that I, I've come to. Um, and on that point, I was going to ask you um, because I, I I get the feeling that this is happening now from from what I've seen. But are we being are we actually being poisoned from our food supply from the, the diets that we that we've been encouraged to have these days?
1: Well, unequivocably yes I mean everything that's good that they don't want you to have I mean uh, uh, you know, there are many people who say well we shouldn't be eating dairy but let's say we accept that well we've eaten dairy for a, for, for millennia you know let's say that it is okay so you, you've got the cow or, or the sheep or the goat and they graze on top right you don't have to dig they they yes they kill some insects as they graze but they're eating or should be eating wildflowers and herbs and all different types of grasses not just one species of grass but you know i mean i i i've seen wild cattle in, in forests and, and the cattle love eating the leaves from the trees it's you know the cattle these days aren't getting a good diet so okay um one cow could conceivably feed, let's say, a family for many, many months. You know, one consciousness has been sacrificed, apart from the insects. But a vegan, for instance, might plough the soil, exposing it to the sun. The moment you plough soil, lots of lots of the bacteria and the insects and so on are, are wiped out initially. And um, if you're talking in terms of consciousnesses, vegans are mass murderers. And the government are trying to persuade everybody uh, to go vegan or eat insects or whatever they're trying to do. So I find anything the government says, as you say, is questionable. Then they pasteurize milk. In fact, if you're a a farmer who doesn't pasteurize milk, you will be penalized. You can't sell the stuff in shops and so on. So what's the difference between pasteurized and unpasteurized? Well, unpasteurized is alive. So let's say you take the milk. you, You don't pasteurize. You give it to the baby cow. The baby cow will thrive pasteurize it give it to the baby cow but the baby cow might die because you've just murdered its lunch you know it's like you know it's, it's full of all the all the things that a baby cow needs to grow so we're eating this uh, dead milk that's come from perhaps the Holsteins the black and white ones that, that you see them walking along the road on the way to be milked and their others are like dragging on the floor you say, that can't be right they've been bred for milk so the milk isn't the milk that we used to get, the milk we used to get, you know, my grandfather had it delivered in a churn and uh, that there was cream on top. It was quite, quite thick cream. And um, it, it was uh, yellow colored. It was creamy colored. Yeah. So the people lied and said, look, cream is bad for you. But historically the cream of the crop, you know, the fatted okay. land, the fatted calf, you know, history has always told us that the cream is the best. But the thing is about cream, You you look at a government, right? Two things rise to the top, the cream and the scum. (laughs) And the wrong one is running the world.
0: (laughs) Yeah, isn't that the case? Uh, Absolutely right. Um, Now, the other thing I wanted to ask you about um, was uh, bread and uh, gluten. Because when I was a kid growing up, I I never came across anybody who was um, gluten intolerant uh, uh, and all that kind of stuff. What's been happening with our bread that, that has made, made people um, become gluten intolerant, do you
1: think? Yeah. I mean, I never met anybody in my life that had a problem with bread. Gluten was an unheard of name. Yes, you got the occasional person with celiac, but that was really, really rare. Yeah. Well, uh, three things happened, really. I mean, obviously, they've been destroying the soil with, with chemicals, you know, fungicides, herbicides, insecticides, larvicides, God knows what. Uh, for for a for hundred years or something like that. So that's one element. But then they changed wheat. Uh, you know, I think there was a Nobel Prize, but they, they genetically modified wheat one way or another. You know, people, farmers have been hybridizing and genetically modifying for years, but well, they changed the chromosomal structure of wheat. They created dwarf wheat. When I was young, wheat was know, shoulder high or something. Yeah. Then burn the stubble to the ground, putting the minerals back. But now... It's dwarf wheat about the size of your knee or something. And I can't remember the numbers, but it's something it was used to have 40 chromosomes and now it's got 24 or something. So most wheat is not what I would describe as wheat. It's some other monstrous thing. So people who eat spelt, people who eat camut or the rye, I like rye. Um, you know, If you eat the old grains and, and they're made properly with, let's say, sourdough or even yeast, but the modern bakery rather than, as our ancestors did, they'd mix it all together with the yeast and they'd let it rise, then knock it back, let it rise again, knock it back, then they'd leave it for about seven or eight hours to prove. And in that proving process, there was a chemical reaction going on which made it safe to eat. But modern batch loaves like you get, you know, from the supermarket, they make, they're, they, they're baked in steam ovens. So they don't bother with the old processes. They just bake them. That, that, that's my understanding. I might be wrong, but that's my basic understanding. So And then they put uh, uh, glyphosate, you know, Roundup uh, poison on the plants. And how Roundup works, you probably know, is that how it works is by killing everything except Roundup ready that's been modified to accept it. But even then it damages it. And how it kills everything is it stops the plants being able to uptake minerals. So the wheat that we're getting is being sprayed from it. It might look alright, it might taste alright, but... Uh, what's what's it doing to your insides well it's dire oh. yeah
0: yeah it's it's not good is it um i I've, i heard you speak um on, on a separate podcast and you, you mentioned about um organic foods um and also you mentioned something called uh, above organic uh, what is okay so I've, I've only just we've only just started to kind of look to, to start eating organic stuff now because of what we've realized over the last couple of years. Um, but what is, what is it above organic?
1: Well, you know, this is an arguable point. but Rudolf Steiner, who was you know, a very well-known sort of philosopher, I suppose, an educationalist, um, he researched the old methods of farming and some of the old methods well the obvious old methods of planting with the phases of the moon, right You want to harvest at full moon. Uh, plant at waning moon, and uh, farmers of old used to do eccentric, esoteric things like um, uh, filling um, uh, cow horn or animal horns with stuff and burying them at certain times. You know? And so there are biodynamic farmers. Um, there are quite a few of them. Uh, the, the one I know best is in Forest Row, called Plowhatch Farm, and they have animals. They have plants. And they're so well-kept that you can cuddle the animals. I mean, they it's amazing. It doesn't smell bad. I mean, it, it's one of the perfect farms. And uh, so, you know, a lot of... Bio, you know, if, if they're bothered to be biodynamic, there's a certification, a bit like organic certification, called Demeter. Demeter, I think, was the god of plenty or something like that. Uh, and... Um, so my experience has been the biodynamic farmers, even more than the organic ones possibly, really care that, you know, that their heart's in it deep time. Mm. I've been an organic farmer for about 10 years. And I, I what I observed of my fellow farmers around me was catastrophic. You know, one year, this is in Spain, one year my farm right next door, I was wandering around the land and I saw his field of almonds completely scorched like, dead and I found him so what happened he said oh well this was just when Spain joined the EU he said they're selling 25 kilo sacks of fertilizer for like 50 uh, half a euro or something ridiculous right so it was so cheap I put on double killed the entire field (laughs) oh wow unbelievable was born in Spain we used to have fireflies with green and yellow lights at night. And then one year, almost overnight, they were gone. And I was around at a friend's house one night, and he said to me, have you seen what's different? I said, what do you mean? And he said, two weeks ago, when we were out here having a beer, under the light, there'd be like a, a couple of thousand dead insects. Now look, and there were like 20. And something had happened, whether it was 5, 4G or whether it was spraying, but bam, the insects were gone. And uh, I mean, when I was young, if, if I drove from where I lived into London, uh, if I drove at night in the spring when there were lots of insects around, at night I'd have to stop after maybe three quarters of an hour to scrub the dead insects off my headlights so I could carry on seeing. You know, the radiators would get blocked up with dead insects. It was Armageddon on your screen. Now... When stream's empty, those insects are gone, and the yeah. kids, the children these days don't know. They think wow. it's normal. Do
0: you know what? That's actually a really good point, and I'd never, I had not noticed that change. And you're right; you just don't get that volume of, of insects on the front of your car after after long
1: journeys. So, so you know, where have the bats gone? Well, where are the insects gone? Why aren't there as many birds? You know, again, the children don't know there are a lot of birds missing. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. Strange times, strange times. I and mean, you mentioned earlier on, uh, actually, uh, about magnesium when we were talking about uh, vitamin C. Um, and you said that this is one of the most um, important uh, supplements. Um, what is it about magnesium? And what, what, are, the, what are the benefits of it, of, of taking it regularly?
1: Well, you know, I discovered it because it re- totally reversed my um, rheumatoid arthritis. Um, magnesium is what... Uh, the mineral that, that comes when you uh, eat uh, plants, for instance, um, and people don't eat as many green leafy vegetables as they uh, perhaps used to in the old days. Um, there is no perfect diet, by the way. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, everybody's, we're all different, and we all yeah. respond totally differently to the same foods. Uh, but magnesium is the mineral of relaxation. So if somebody's having a heart attack... For example that would be the opposite of relaxation you might say um what's happened is their heart has seized up because they haven't got enough magnesium to let it release so an intelligent emergency room doctor faced with somebody with a heart attack would inject them uh straight away with epsom salts magnesium sulfate which is the water most water-soluble version wham and within know, a couple of seconds or something they're, they're, their heart is going to release and they're going to be all right So why do people have heart attacks? Why do people get myocarditis? Why do people have heart issues like angina? Um, You know, uneven uh, heart rhythm. Um, Because they're low on magnesium. That's almost always why. Heart attacks are usually... Any heart issues are usually a magnesium deficiency. Any pains are usually a magnesium deficiency. Panic attacks, anxiety, headaches, epilepsy, migraines usually magnesium deficiency uh, constipation usually magnesium deficiency people who have problems giving birth magnesium deficiency vitamin c deficiency magnesium deficiency is rife because magnesium is how we respond well to stress and we're all stressed way more than we should be right everybody in the world's stressed to hell and so we're all running out of magnesium now i take on average four to six magnesium capsules a day, not one, not two. Now that sounds ridiculous, but I often recommend to people, you've got to take the right type, otherwise you're going to end up with diarrhoea. Take the right type of magnesium. Some people, believe it or not, for a day, two days, three days, might need 12 capsules a day. Now, they don't need that long term, and I'll have to go without taking any. But um, if I'm stressed, uh, I will take more magnesium because I can be anxious. You know, I come across as calm, but I'm capable of being anxious. But when I'm calm, and usually magnesium is what does it, um, uh, you know, I, I had somebody last year who was suicidal, you know, not pretending to be, their, their life was shit. And I told them to take 12 magnesiums a day. Um, and she rings me up after 36 hours, right? She'd take 24 magnesium capsules. She just said simply, I'm not suicidal. That right. that you know, I mentioned to you earlier about trigger finger because um, I've seen trigger finger straighten in one hour. In one hour. Just um,
0: taking magnesium?
1: Magnesium and vitamin C together. The right type, uh, okay. the right amount. Um, it can be quick. It can be really, really quick. That is amazing. Yeah. incredible
0: stuff um, this is just uh, completely mind-blowing all this information really given uh, you know that we we don't get told this stuff um, you know we've had a health emergency in this country apparently for the last three years and yet none of this stuff really has been in uh, in the media at all all of this stuff has been so suppressed it just it just blows my mind that there are people that are actually evil enough to, to try to hide this stuff and suppress this information from
1: us. Um, it's and it, it so takes simple. a lot of time we used to. It's so simple, it could be taught at school. You know, there's no reason why a 15-year-old, the average 15-year-old, can't grasp the fact that, let's say, in winter, we don't get enough sun. And we're not outside enough most of the, the time. So clearly, as vitamin D is not exactly sunshine, but it, it does a job a bit similar to sunshine... Um, that if we took some of that in winter, maybe that's all, that's all we, you know, that was for me. For other people, it can be maybe they're low on zinc, maybe they're low on vitamin C, you know, other things. But for me, it was mind blowing, you know, something from having a cold every year to not getting one. And how much does vitamin D cost for a year? A 20 quid will get you a really good quality bottle for a year. Wow. I mean, you
0: know... That's cheap chips, yeah. I mean, if you're serious about your health, then that's um, next to nothing, isn't it? Um, well, actually, on that um, on that point, my wife has asked, uh, what does someone do if they think that they're deficient in different areas? Uh, can they go to their GPs and get tested uh, for these kinds of things? Obviously, I don't think you can for vitamin C, but for, for other stuff. Is there a test available for this to, to show the deficiency?
1: Well, um, yes, there are tests for most things. The point is, though, that... Um, doctors uh, don't study minerals or vitamins. They don't study cures or causes or natural products. You know, if you if you said to your doctor, would broccoli be a good idea? Um, they could get possibly struck off because they have to recommend the, the NICE procedure. You know, so it's drugs and these drugs, you, you do it this way, and only then can you try other alternative things. It's insanity. Um, so... Doctors um, just glorify drug pushes at the end of the day now. Well, I, that's how I see it because it's not in their interests to learn the real stuff. If they knew about vitamin D and there've been all sorts of huge studies done over the years on vitamin D where um, the people who take the right amount of vitamin D have less serious diseases and I'm spelling this with a K like cancer. It's illegal for me to talk about it. It's spelled the right way. So what you've got to do is look at countries from let's say Norway down to Nigeria, the more sun they get, the more vitamin D they're exposed to, the less cancer there is. It's massively obvious. And they've done huge trials to prove this sort of thing. And so you know, nobody's ever died from a vitamin, right? Nobody in history has died from a vitamin. You can overdose with, with, with anything, but um, uh, you know, minerals you have to be slightly more aware. But I mean, let me give you a good example of another vitamin, uh, or sorry, another mineral that costs about 20 pounds a year, which is iodine. Now, did you know that um, iodine, what iodine does is it regulates temperature. So menopausal women whose temperature is out of whack, iodine. It regulates the thyroid, which regulates temperature. Um, So people who have a thyroid issue, they're probably low on iodine. It regulates brain function. So if you've got brain fog and you want to have sharp, clear thinking, it's probably iodine. If you've got dry skin, you probably need iodine. Iodine goes with selenium. They go as a pair. So the Japanese, they have loads of iodine because they're eating uh, seaweed with every meal, loads of sea fish, full of iodine, right? The Japanese don't have a word for menopause. Wow. Wow. And... So um, bre- breast, with, spelt with a K, cancer, is very, very rare there because iodine protects the breast. You know, the most iodine in men and women is in the thyroid, and the second most in women is in the breasts. So why, why is everybody virtually low on iodine? Because they're bathing, drinking, cooking in chlorinated water. Worse, they're using fluoride toothpaste or bathing bathing eating, drinking, fluoridated water, or well, they've just bought a new sofa, which, because of government regulations, is now off-gassing bromine as a fire retardant, which is knocking out your thyroid, knocking out you know, all these things. Fluoride, bromine, chlorine, knock out uh, the uh, thyroid because they're taking away the iodine. They're displacing the iodine. So it's rampant. And if you go swimming in a swimming pool, oh, my God, you know, they're now... You want to take some iodine before you go swimming and afterwards to correct that balance. So, I mean, imagine this: you've got, let's say, a bacterial infection, and it's now going around the bloodstream. If you've got enough iodine in your thyroid, the blood goes through the thyroid every few minutes. The iodine will knock out pretty much any pathogen going. Think about prior to surgery, the surgeon will paint iodine all over where they're going to do the cut because. Yeah nothing, nothing's, Yeah, iodine mean, will we'll knock out pretty much everything. And because everybody's low on, I, yeah, and people notice the difference again, right, pretty quickly, usually within days, suddenly, oh, my dry skin's better, you know, thinking. Yeah, if you walk into a room and can't remember why you walked in, you're low on mm-hmm. iodine. If you wear socks in bed, people say, well, oh, you got cold hands. Or if you're boiling hot, you're low on it it's almost guaranteed, and i I say, hardly any money at all.
0: Incredible. Um, now, you mentioned, you, you mentioned there about um, uh, the water and the, uh, and the stuff that's in the, the drinking water. I mean, I've, I've bought a water distiller, uh, so I'll, I'll only drink distilled water now. Uh, and yet I've heard people deriding that, saying that, well, because you've distilled it, you've taken all of the goodness out of it. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on distilled water?
1: Well, um, the problems with distilled water. One is it's quite expensive to create your own distilled water, and usually the distillers make it make a, a noise. And um, also, it's empty water. You know, uh, rainwater, if the air was clean, w- would would be basically distilled water. Um, and so we would have drunk rainwater. And you know, there are two schools of thought as to whether it's good or bad. One school of thought is that it will draw out the the sort of materials that you don't want, and that's the beauty of water as the ultimate solvent. It will clean your body. Then the other argument is, look, it's empty. It would be better if it was brought back to life by adding, say, a pinch of sea salt, or my favourite, which is uh, fulvic minerals, which are just soil-based minerals, also incredibly cheap. And if you can imagine, if you if you poured water through incredibly mineral rich soil, so it's just water extraction, um, that should be perfect because everything that's ever lived or died is let's say in the soil, in the ancient forest, every twig, every bird, you you name it. So if you can get some ancient soil that's not polluted where the fulvic minerals I use, it's like 30 million years old. It's incredible concentration of minerals. So a little bottle uh, this size will last four months. You put some drops in water. First time I tried it, I'm not very sensitive to stuff. You know, give me six and I might feel it. I tried four of it minerals for the first time. I tried lots of, lots of types. None of it worked. When I found the right type, uh, I woke up the next morning feeling different. And that doesn't normally happen for me. It yeah. was like my body felt a nicer place to be in. I felt more limber and... It, it was it was weird, really bizarre and I've been studying it because I've been looking at uh, what the Chinese had been doing uh, to reverse cancer with a K and they were giving people baths in the stuff they were um, using using huge quantities of it um And so the very first person I gave it to because I sent I was so impressed I sent off for like a gallon of the stuff and I gave it to one of my clients who was uh, she was three months pregnant. And she'd been suffering from really bad morning sickness, and she rings me up, I think two days later, and says the morning sickness has stopped. So look at it this way: I don't think women are meant to get morning sickness. I would say it's a symptom of nutrient deficiency or some, you know, some, something was wrong. So I'm not saying that folic minerals are the, are the way to reverse reverse it. Full stop. But it, this particular lady, it was. It was just that tiny change getting all the trace elements, everything from the soil that should be in the food that's grown but isn't. You know, fulvic minerals are a good representation of the tiny trace elements that are just gone these days. Mm. And so I have a number of incredible results with it. People, you know, um, there's one woman, I've got a video on this, um, She she realized she was going to die and she'd she hadn't be, she'd not been in a wheelchair for, for two years. She was in bed. She'd stopped eating some time ago. And um, uh, she saw me on UK Column years ago. And she, um, I sent her some four-foot minerals, a few other things. And she said the moment in, in the water the four-foot touched her lips, she knew she wasn't going to die. And, indeed, she went from being wheelchair-bound to uh, back on her feet within, I think, about six weeks.
0: Wow, that's quite incredible.
1: And I was giving a talk, and she, uh, she came up some, a step. I was on the first floor. She came up some stairs. I mean, having, having been wheelchair-bound and bed-bound, uh, it was just incredible. Yeah, Amazing
0: stuff. Um, I was going to ask you, because you, you mentioned there about you woke up one day feeling um, you know, just so much better and brighter. Um, I've kind of had that feeling um, over the last couple of weeks, because about, uh, about three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, I had Jason Vale uh on my show yes uh, and uh, and i had just done a seven day juicing where i all literally all i had to eat for or, or drink for for seven days was was his juices four juices a day for seven days and i uh, i found it was it was amazing not only did i lose ten and a half pound i think it was in a, in a week um but i just felt so much better in my body and cleaner in my body. And, you know, when I, when I go and play golf, I would normally for the first few holes, I would normally, you know, take a few holes to warm up because the old body is, you know, takes a bit of getting going. And I'm now finding, um, that when, when now, when I, when I wake up and I go and play golf, I don't have this, this stiffness that I used to have. Uh, and I feel so much better for it. I've tried to, to eat a lot healthily, a lot more healthily since I've done the, the juicing. Um, And it seems to have made a real difference.
1: Yes. Well, it could be a number of things. I mean, clearly, most of us need a good clear out. I mean, if somebody's really deep, you know, toxic, I might say to them, look, do a vegan diet. You know, if you can handle it for a few weeks or a month, you know, juicing, you know, so much magnesium in in most of the the vegetables, for instance, that would have gone into the juicing. And it changes your alkalinity. I don't think it's a good idea full time, you know. no. I I think there's a time for everything. Yeah. I don't think
0: he recommends it as a full-time thing, but as a, as a, you know, a kickstart towards a healthier lifestyle.
1: Exactly. I saw one guy who had been sent home to die uh, from the hospital. And we put him in an organic raw juice diet because that he couldn't eat. He was too weak and he didn't die. And he didn't die. Um, we did, we used electrotherapy with him as well. Um, but just because well, you said you're going to die, doesn't, doesn't, you know, don't believe it. You know, be yeah. very worried. I, I, um, you, could you give me two minutes? Because when I took this antibiotic years ago, it, it left me type 1 diabetic. And while type 2 diabetes is easy to cure, most you can reverse type 2 in 30 days generally. And I got type 1 and my alarm has just said i've got to eat something and so, be back in two minutes if that's all right
0: yeah no problem clive you you crack on i'll just have a little waffle with the guys and have a have a little look down the uh down the chat as well to see uh, how we're all doing in there um i'm trying to multitask here uh there we go uh what have we got here let's have a look um all sorts of questions uh for clive going on there um but it's been absolutely fascinating, uh, I have to say, um, chatting to Clive. And it's just been really enlightening uh having different people on with different points of view who um, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that everything is, is right, um, but listening to these guys, it kind of makes uh, a lot of sense um what's going on in the world uh, at the moment with these With these issues that a lot of people are having, and when you look back, you know, hundreds of years, these issues that weren't there, and the way that our diets have all gone, um, and I have to say, it's uh, been—I found it quite um, enlightening—the last couple of years, and I've, and I've really, certainly over the last few weeks uh, and months, with my wife, uh, we have definitely tried to um, eat much better. Um, You know, my wife went to a, a farm shop this morning. I don't know if you saw. Yesterday we were speaking about farm shops, and um, found a good one about fifteen minutes from here. And wife went and was very excited as uh, she came back. Say that's amazing, you know. And uh, I was like, well, as long as it's cheaper than Waitrose, that's a right result. Um, but uh, no, it's I'm you know, really looking forward to, uh, to to tea time now because we're actually getting good, nutritious food that is not filling us with with loads of rubbish. And as you guys know, my diet has not been. Particularly good down the years, um, although weirdly, I've, I've not really been very ill down the years either. I think I've, I've got quite a, a strong uh, immune system, um, hopefully through the uh, uh, through the fact that my genes in my family are, are pretty good, and um, uh, and hopefully I'll stay that way for a long time. But I'm I'm trying to do something uh, a little bit better. I'm feeling a real benefit from from not in, and one of the biggest things is. Uh, I might have mentioned to you guys before when I started January, uh, was that uh, I wasn't going to drink any Coca-Cola and I wasn't going to eat any chocolate um, through the month of January. And I, and I pretty much did that. I, I certainly didn't touch any chocolate uh, in that month. Uh, but on the last day of the month, I was up in Newcastle and uh, I was in the hospitality and I was um, uh, I was given a Malibu and Coke. Uh, which, uh, as you know, is my favorite drink. And, uh, and so, yeah, I did have a couple of Malibu and Cokes on the uh, 31st, but that's the, that's the only time. Uh, and I still haven't had any more Coke into February either because um, I, just, I just feel so much better not having all that sugar inside of me. Um, and so there's been a real positive change. Uh, and it's certainly I, I feel a difference uh, in my body. Um, with, the way that, uh, with the way that things have gone over the last few weeks. And it's really kind of encouraged me um, to want to keep it going. Uh, hence the, uh, the health eating from the farm shops and the, uh, you know, trying to buy organic food, which I know is sometimes a little bit more expensive. Um, uh, and so that's kind of the, the really annoying thing. And that's kind of the thing that makes me a bit, has always made me a bit suspicious of the government, is because all this organic stuff is what's best for us. Um, and, and yet you would think that because it's you know, really good for us, you would think that it might be the cheapest option, but no, the cheapest option is obviously all the stuff that's not very good for us. Um, and they, they kind of almost force you by default into, uh, into buying stuff that isn't particularly great for you, um, which is, uh, a little bit annoying uh, I would say. So, um, but it, it's been a really positive experience for me. Uh, and, and it was the, you know, the juicing thing really kicked it off. So that seven days that I had, um, of just juicing really gave my body a, a good clean out. And, uh, and it just made me feel like I don't want to waste it. Uh, and as, uh, as Clive said there, it's not really a, a, a long-term strategy, although I've seen that Jason does a 28-day plan, um, but I'm sure that uh, that Jason wouldn't expect everyone to do that every single day of the year. Um, but I think it's a really good way to to give yourself a kickstart and to and to really kind of feel how good your body feels after that, uh, and encourage you to to try and eat a little bit more healthily. Which I mean, I never thought I'd be saying that, uh, given given what my diet has been like for the last few years. Um, which yeah, you know, it, it's just it's just quite incredible. Um, so the questions have been firing in on, on the chat, and I can't always, I can't always uh, keep up with the the chat questions. So I'll try and get uh, a few more of the questions. The good thing is Clive is uh, is not particularly restricted uh, with time this evening. Um, so if you've got any questions for me while uh, uh, while Clive is away, then feel free to get them in the chat because I can now uh, take a look at it because I'm not trying to. Uh, engage with uh, Clive and look at my next questions for the same time. Um, And Clive Clive is back, which is uh, excellent stuff. Uh, Thank you very much, Clive. I hope you're uh, feeling suitably refreshed. Yeah, good, thank you. Because I think we've got a a whole load more questions coming in. Um, If you don't mind, I'll I'll start with uh, JJ, who has asked, um, the CDC in America are trying to regulate Vitamins, how can we make sure that they don't mess with vitamins? And can you uh, name
1: some recommended suppliers at all? Okay. Well, how, how we stop messing is total peaceful global revolution where we stop governments entirely. I don't see any other solution long-term to end, ending government as a, as a thing, ending politics as a thing. As far as which brands to go for, Um, I think probably 90% of all the supplement companies out there are controlled by the bad guys who don't want you to be well. I mean, the, the big high street brands, let's say you want to go and buy some magnesium. If you go to the high street brands or the supermarket and you buy magnesium, I can almost guarantee you it'll be the one that will end you up in the bathroom with diarrhea without giving you enough magnesium to, to stop the pain or whatever you're trying to use. So getting the right type is essential. Most magnesiums work, but there are a few that you don't want. You don't want magnesium oxide. You do not want that one. If there's magnesium oxide in the blend, avoid it because that's cheap and nasty. and <clears throat> That's the one that gives you diarrhea. Um, uh, You know, the answer to where to go at the risk of I I can't advertise, I can't tell you that I have a brand myself, I wouldn't be allowed to tell you that. And it's, uh, I wouldn't also be allowed to tell you that the brand name is very similar to my name, is extraordinary. Who would have thought? (laughs) Um, so I I can't tell you that, okay? No problem. Uh, If I could tell you that, which I can't, there
0: is magnesium there. Excellent, we get your drift. Thank you very much. Uh, Now, um, we were speaking about water before, and I forgot to ask you, um, is there a recommended amount of water that we should all be drinking each day?
1: Well, you know, again, it's one of those things that's disputed. Um, I think we are, on one level, we're self-regulating. On another, um, a lot of people mistake the signal for I'm thirsty with I'm hungry. Now, my answer to it, when I'm well-behaved enough to do it, is that you have two things on your desk. You have a jug of water and a glass of water. And if one of them is empty, you fill it. The problem is when the water's in the kitchen, it's not right in, When it's in front of you, you're likely to drink it. If it's in the kitchen, you're likely not to. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, one of the big weight tricks, you know, people know this for, for decades, is that if you're hungry drink a lot of water that'll fill you up and you're you you can maybe skip a meal or whatever you, you want to do mm. but i think most, most people are dehydrated
0: yeah no i think that's absolutely right now we, we spoke about juicing and and detoxing uh before uh, what are your thoughts on fasting because a lot of people have um have, have said that they think that this is you know a really good way of doing things and and kind of detoxing the body a little bit through through fasting have you ever tried that
1: i have um some 15 years or so ago, I went to a little island uh, near, uh, off Thailand that um, they had a place called the Sanctuary. And what they did was that you they gave you the equipment to do an enema every day yourself. And uh, some people reported, you know, weird stuff happening. The first time I ever actually recommended somebody to do a bowel cleanse, was I recommended to this girl, she took bentonite clay and psyllium husks with lots and lots of water. The psyllium husks swell up and they, they fill you up. If you're doing a fast psyllium husk's are great to give you a feeling of uh, being full. Anyway, she rings me up the next morning so you never guess what came out. She said, a small piece of yellow Lego came out and she was 28 years old and she didn't remember. <laughs> so <long ago. laughs> and so you're stuck there for, I don't know, 25 years or something. That is amazing. But- so a good clean out can, can be quite quite useful. Uh, and then the idea was that you got a fresh coconut juice a couple of times a day because apparently coconut, the juice of a fresh coconut um, in Second World War, if they didn't have blood plasma, they actually injected coconut water into people, right? Also diluted seawater works as well. Anyway, I was told that if you eat a couple of, juice, you know, the the water from a fresh coconut a couple of times a day. That will give you the nutrition in terms of minerals and stuff that you need. And so I started doing a fast. And um, I was amazed how easy it was. I thought by day three, I'm going to be climbing the walls with hunger. No, it was weird. I I got through the hungry stage almost right away. It was really weird. Mm. You know, let's say there was a food shortage in the world. I think there are going to be two types of people, the survivors who view it as a nice fast, nice opportunity to lose a bit of weight or whatever it is, and then the others who are going to starve to death. And how much is in the mind? I think a lot of it could be in the mind. Anyway, um, I was planning to do it, I didn't know, a few days. I got to like day 7 and like 10. Anyway, eventually I had to come back to England. And by this time, I hadn't been eating for quite a while. I'm not quite sure how long. But you were uh, drinking during this time? I uh, drinking year. lots of fluids and the coconut water and, and stuff. Anyway, so I come back to England, and I dro- I live in the country, so I'm, I'm driving back to Heathrow, I think. Actually, this is my last chart. This is the last organic food shop that I know of on Chiswick High Street. i better stop there before I'm out on the M4. So I, I go into this health food store, and normally I know exactly where I go. I go to the cheesy biscuits, I go to the nuts, and I go to... All this stuff that often comes in packets, and I was stunned. I just wanted uh, some fruit. I wasn't at all interested in the stuff that I used to be interested in. Like in three weeks, I totally reset what I should or shouldn't be eating. It wore off, you know. It yeah. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So I was surprised how easy it was. I'm sure it's not going to be easy for everybody, but for some reason, it was for me. Mm. Maybe because I was dreading it. You know, I thought it would be terrible.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned there about, uh, uh, about the power of the mind. Um, do, do you think, why do some people have lots of willpower and yet some people have none at all? What is it, what is it about people that, uh, that have these, these different
1: strengths and weaknesses? Uh, self-love. I oh, mean, okay. I, I, I'm somebody who has uh, terrible willpower. Right? I, I am not disciplined. But you fasted for so long, so there must be some oh, willpower. It surprised then. me. It surprised me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah no, I, ha- yeah, I think we all have willpower when we choose to exert it, and then sometimes maybe through bad habits or um, or, or depression. I think a lot of people uh, have bad habits and, and addictions and low willpower because at on one level they're not happy.
0: Yeah, on the, on the subject of that, actually, uh, we had a question about that. Uh, Louise has asked, She suffered from depression since childhood, actually, and has been on antidepressants until she came off them about six months ago. She was on them for about 20 years. Um, but she doesn't want to go on, uh, doesn't want to go back on them. But depression has set back in. Uh, she takes St. John's wort, which hasn't had any effect. Is there anything else she can try before going back to the antidepressant tablets?
1: Well, lots of things. Uh, you know, my brother committed suicide when he was on antidepressant tablets, so I'm not a great fan. Yeah. Um I mean magnesium is the first one to try, you know, and don't be afraid of it. You know, take see if you can take two at a time and take two, six times a day for a few few days, two, three days, something like that. Just see. See how you get on. Maybe maybe that will change how uh, how you feel. Um, for some people, uh vitamin D can make a big difference. Just you know, some people call sunshine the happy, you know, do we feel better when we're out in the sunshine? Yes. Um, so then there are things like, well, what do they give? Let's say they put somebody in the mental institution, they give them lithium, right? And there are horrible side effects with lithium, but it, it sort of can work. So there's another version of lithium called lithium orotate. Erratic acid is one of those things, I think, in mother's milk. Lithium orotate. It's 100 times less nasty than lithium carbonate, which is what they give you in the hospitals. For some people, not everybody, for some people, it's like night and day, it's a switch. Why I was low on lithium, just like you might be low on magnesium, you might be low on selenium, you know, or, or it's just another mineral. It's got a bad re- reputation because of its connection with mental institutions. But for some people, that's the answer. Uh, for some people... Um let me think a few a few other interesting ones. Um 5 HTP or L tryptophan. For some people, uh that's what they need. I mean, uh, let's just look if if I may at um happiness and pleasure, right? Because people confuse yep. the two. So pleasure is physical, it could be drinking, smoking, sex, whatever. It's a physical thing, and it boosts your dopamine. And kids, adults, are checking their phones every five minutes, every one minute for the dopamine rush. And the problem with dopamine is that our body um, will self-regulate. So let's say you discover booze or cannabis or whatever, and you go, wow, why why didn't somebody tell me about this before? And you find the thing that gives you that dopamine rush, and then maybe... If you're unfortunate and got the addictive personality, now you might need two beers and three beers and so on, because the body keeps down regulating dopamine. <clears throat> but happiness, on the other hand, is different to pleasure. It's it's not physical. You, know, you can get happiness just by looking at the sky or the trees or thinking about somebody you love, or loads of ways to make serotonin a happiness chemical. Now, while the body has the mechanism to down-regulate dopamine. There's no mechanism in the body to down-regulate happiness. Can't get ser- too much serotonin. But there is one thing that does down-regulate happiness, down-regulate serotonin. Dopamine down-regulates serotonin. So the more pleasure you seek, potentially, the less happy you'll be. Wow. Which explains, addic- explains addiction on one, yeah. one level. The very thing that was making you happy is now making you unhappy because you thought you were happy when you were experiencing pleasure.
0: Yeah. So very, oh, that's an interesting point, actually. Yeah. I'd never thought of it like that.
1: And the advertising industry wants you to confuse the two. Yes. Get yeah. These I mean, and you'll, you'll be happy. Well, <laughs> probably,
0: but it might seem like that. Yeah. No, absolutely. A fascinating thought.
1: Um, Got plenty of other, other questions if you're all right for time. I am. Let me just wa- add one more thing to the happiness thing. Yeah. Uh, depression thing. Um, on the Secret Health Club, there is a happiness section which covers quite a lot of areas. Um, I mean, there are a couple of ones that are funny, amusing, whatever. Um, if somebody's depressed, um, if they stare themselves in the eye in the mirror and smile for a minute, what happens is it releases various... Kept smiling releases some brain chemistry, apparently. And so if you try smiling at yourself for, for a minute in the mirror, I would always defy you that you're... Unless you're really unwilling to be happy, it'll <laughs> probably cheer you up from... I don't know that it's serotonin or, or whatever that you're getting. Mm. The other one is that um, helping other people is, I think, what we're here for. And so if you're desperately unhappy, go out and help somebody because no, they say, thank you. I love you. What a wonderful thing you just, and you're going to feel good. Yeah. Um, and people forget that it's all about the self, isn't
0: it? I think that's, I think that's fantastic advice. In fact, uh, the, the one thing that I, uh, I normally end my live streams with uh, before I say goodbye to all the People listening, um, they're probably bored of me saying it, but I, uh, at the end of every live stream, I, I, I say try and do something every day that makes someone else's life a little bit better, um, and and that feeds into it perfectly. Um, so I think uh, I think that's fantastic advice. Um, toxic metal poisoning—I've heard you speaking about this before—and uh, the value that uh, perhaps sulfur can have on, on that. Could you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So we're all poisoned with toxic metals, unfortunately. Um, all of us. We're breathing it, drinking it, We're exposed to it all. So, um, there are a number of things that you can do to get the poisons, the toxins out. Sulfur, as you say, is one of them. So, the moment you put sulfur in the body, um, sulfur reacts with, with metals and various poisons to sulfate them, and sulfates are water-soluble. So, Let's say some psychopath, we'll call them a dentist, put uh, some mercury amalgam with nickel and other poisonous metals into your mouth when you were a child for money uh so let's say you're, you've been attacked by a psychopath now the psychopath also said oh brush your teeth so you know in ancient society they didn't brush their teeth they didn't have fillings then you know all this dental rubbish is, is fairly new so um every time you brush your teeth now the child is brushing off little atoms of mercury so an atom of mercury will come into the body, into the bloodstream, and every human cell it meets, it will destroy. Now, it won't be weakened by that, not for at least the next 50,000 years or something, and it will carry on destroying every cell. But if you put sulfur into the body, and sulfur rich foods would be things like ginger, you know, health properties, garlic, health properties, cruciferous vegetables, lots of foods, eggs even, have lots of sulfur in, and sulfur will allow that atom of mercury to be sulfated. Now it's mercury sulfate. You can pee it out, sweat it out, get it out. And so um, vitamin C will uh, uh, get rid of a lot of toxins. Selenium is the primary thing to, um, as far as I know, to uh, get mercury out. Selenium will react with mercury, and now, now you can get rid of it. If you're using a lot of tuna fish, lots of mercury in there. Um, so uh, you know, there, there are many agents, actually, that, that will detoxify metals. But the point is, you want to know what you're doing, because let's say that somebody's constipated, and now they take a, a bundle of sulfur, they mobilize the toxic Metals out of the cells, and now they're in the bloodstream. Now, um, maybe going through the liver, the kidneys. Now, let's say they're constipated. Well, they've now got it out, and it should be out of the body, but they're not because it's constip- They're constipated, so now it just goes back in again, and they feel worse. Right. So, if you're going to detoxify, if you're going to go for a detox, you know, make sure your bowels are working properly. So, yeah, you know, in an ideal world, we should have a couple of bowel movements a day breathing lots of carbs we should have one what bowel movement are for every meal maybe most people are lucky to have one a day um i've had people who say well i haven't been for a couple of weeks i mean this is insane and why do people get bowel cancer why do they get ibs Crohn's, whatever it's because they're not having regular bowel movements you know if it's rotting inside you festering there i mean imagine you know 12 hours of, of something nasty stuck on your skin with cling film. Well, the skin is going to be, oh, it's going to get so sort of tumorous and nasty. And so people who are constipated often end up with bowel issues.
0: Mm.
1: And why they're constipated? They're probably low on vitamin C, but almost certainly low on magnesium. And they may not be drinking enough water. But yeah deficiency is the answer for a lot of bowel issues you get yourself regular again i mean i had actually you talk about fasting i had um, somebody a couple of months ago who phoned up to say he'd been doing a fast and he was going to do a 21 day fast and he, he was now i think when he day he rang he was 14 days in he said do you know the curious thing i was still shitting for eight days after i started the fast and i said well i think you were backed up eight days you wow. thought you were having a bowel movement every day but how long it it been sitting there? I mean, I, I don't know what other explanation there is. So, um, you know, there are ways to test how blocked up you are. Some people will eat loads and loads of beetroot and then watch to see if it comes out red or swallow loads of sweet corn and look for undigested sweet corn and stuff. But, um, you know, there's so many bowel issues out there. Um, so on, people, that, yeah.
0: uh, on that subject, a few years ago... Um, my wife uh, had colonic irrigation, and uh, she she thought that I should do it too. And so uh, and so I had a go. And um, so but and you and you see these tubes. It's bizarre. It's a bizarre thing. And you, you see these tubes, and you see all this stuff coming out of you through these tubes. Um, is that something that is um, helpful in that in that situation?
1: Um- I don't know. It's it's not something I've ever felt drawn to do. I've, <laughs> I don't feel
0: know, drawn just, to do it again. I'll uh, tell you that and, much.
1: Cinema seemed relatively natural. You just using a bit of gravity and well, having a machine pump stuff up you. I mean, oh, I don't know. I just don't like the sound of it. Yeah, <laughs> right. People say it's fabulous. Oh
0: well, yeah, you know, you never know. Um, the uh, when we spoke about the 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 heavy metals. Um, The toxic metal poisoning that we've been that we've been having, Uh, and there's so much of it in our water. And you spoke about, you know, the the fluoride when you brush your teeth and all that kind of stuff. Um, When we when we sit in a bath, uh, and we are we're using the water obviously from from our homes, uh, and obviously sitting in a bath, you're going to absorb some of that. Uh, Is there anything that you would think that maybe we should put in our bath water if we do like long baths, which, uh, which I love, but I, I can sit in the bath for two hours quite easily. Um, oh. is there anything that we should put in the bath to help us, uh, yes. you know, when we're Absolutely. absorbing all that water? One sec. <laughs> have you got, have you just happened to have something in your room for this? Did you? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, something in the oven. Oh, I smell this burning smell. The, um, So, so, I mean, the first thing is, if you can, phone up your water supplier and say, tell me about the water. I rang up mine when I moved in here about eight years ago, and I said, give me a report of the water, because I wanted to know, is there recycled sewage in the water? Has it come through the sewage treatment processing plant? Because if so, they can't filter out most of the drugs. You know, their filtration system is coarse. They they're not able to get rid of the antibiotics, which is the most common drug, but or birth control pills, rather than the most common drug. So, you know, why is there a lack of menly men out there? Well, maybe it's all the birth control pills in the water. So, luckily, where I live, the water was clean and pure, and all they were doing was uh, poisoning it with chlorine, the poison gas that killed everybody in World War One, and they're adding... Uh, aluminium sulfate to make the water crystal clear even though aluminium sulfate of course is linked to alzheimer's and dementia but we won't mention that um but if you're unlucky and you've got fluoride in the water which, which is a nerve brain damaging agent you know fluoride is deadly you don't want to brush your teeth in it or anything like that um really you've got to you got to fill that stuff because everything goes in you know think even a big thick cream you know is, People who rub creams into their hand it's just gone in. Now it's in your brain, in your bloodstream. So let's say you're washing your hair with shampoo, right? And it's not natural shampoo. Where's it going? All those chemicals, all those colorings, all the smells, going right into your brain. You know, what about the conditioner? same deal? What about soap, right? We mentioned the sewage processing plant. They sell the fat. In, in the sewage plants, they separate the fat from the solid matter, from the liquid, what do they do with the fat? It's called soapification. They they sell your sewage to soap companies. What? What? Are you kidding me? No, no, Nope. Soapification. Uh, well, they want to, they want to sell every shit they can
0: anyway. So wow. um, that's how marmite was made, isn't it? Selling the <laughs>
1: It was the leftover yeast from the brewing. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I was, love Marmite. <clears throat> when I was young, Marmite was totally different to now. Nothing like... You know, now it's terrible. Um, yeah, Um, All the foods have been changed. Everything's been yeah. changed. Everything's, nothing's real anymore. I went into yeah. little years ago with a camera, uh, the idea of trying to find any anything in the whole, entire store that was natural. and I'd got most of the way through the store when they realised what I was doing and threw me out, but I couldn't find it. Even the organic stuff wasn't really right, you know. Wow. It's, um, it's, it's, it's difficult to buy food these days. Mm. Um,
0: so one of our viewers, Ukira, uh, has asked, uh, how bad are artificial sweeteners in hot drinks?
1: Super bad. Yeah. Super bad. I mean, they'd never be passed today. The only reason they got... I mean, Donald Rumsfeld, you remember that nice American man? You know, he was responsible uh, for aspartame i mean which is a terror you know all that sugar-free stuff if i was forced to choose between sugar-free with artificial sweeteners or sugar i'd go for the sugar every time mm. i mean i, I don't, like, i'm lucky i don't like coca-cola or any of those drinks so i'm fine but um the artificial sweeteners are brain damage i mean pure brain damage you know if you want to end up stupid eat eat modern food you know? eat monosurgin glutamate go to the chinese and uh, have a cheap meal fried in uh genetically modified oils. My local Indian down the road, I was walking past it and they were chucking out their tins of oil. And it said genetically modified rapeseed oil. Now when I was young rapeseed oil was used for machinery. Nobody had ever dreamed tr- of eating the bloody stuff or cooking yeah. it. And now it's, you know they try to con you the health food. It's 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 like hemp protein, you know hemp protein. Uh, so what they do in the hemp industry they, they take the hemp seeds, they squeeze out all the oil, and instead of throwing away the junk, they sell it as hemp protein. Who would have chucked wow. that away. Just like soya milk used to be thrown away in the production of tofu and stuff. Nobody would drink the stuff. You know? Japanese would never drink or eat yeah. uh, soya unless it had been processed like soy sauce or something
0: amazing oh um i know what i was going to ask you um which i wanted to ask obviously i'm uh, a bit younger than you and uh, i'm wearing glasses i noticed that you're not wearing glasses uh but is there anything that we can do uh with supplements and things to actually improve our eyesight as we as we get older
1: yes yes there is uh vitamin c is, is pretty good for eyesight um yep. uh, eating nitric oxide boosting foods like beetroot Uh, You know, nitric oxide is why Viagra works. It makes the blood vessels sort of expand and stuff. Um, The Russians uh, are ahead of the game with eyes. You know, back in uh, probably maybe the 80s, the Russian spies who'd been spying on Americans had found out that the Americans had got one of the ultimate weapons, um, which was a blinding laser. They could fly a B-52 way up there, flash this incredibly powerful laser and everybody with their eyes open on the battlefield would be blind. So the, I mean, obviously they'd never use that weapon because it's too cheap. You know, they want a weapon that costs 10 million quid and goes bang and in the So a blinding laser, that's never going to work. Anyway, but the Russians believed it would. They they were seriously scared. So they put hundreds of their, over a hundred of their scientists on to trying to repair retinas. How do you repair retinal damage? And, um, what won out at the end. They used a frequency device. Um, they developed a, a frequency device that they... Uh, I've got one on my desk uh, like this that they could take into battle with them and get people out of pain, just a little device. And, um, but they developed uh, peptides. So peptides, if you take protein, we are protein, are we really? So you take protein from an animal, break it down, it's, it breaks down into amino acids and peptides. Peptides are like small amino acids. Anyway, they discovered that by taking, uh, extracting peptides from the eyes of cows, uh, the retinas of cows, they could um, provide a supplement. And I'm I'm taking it myself, actually, uh, like this. And um, uh, they found that they just had to give um, the peptides for maybe a month. And then they could take a five-month break and could take it again about six at a time and it would it would trigger the body to rebuild retinas so the um uh, the russians have been way ahead of this they're, they're doing all sorts of things in clinics that, there which which would we i don't, don't know whether there's anybody in england to do it in, in america uh, there are people doing some advanced stuff i interviewed when i was working with uk column 10 years ago or something dr jerry tennant who's I first came across about 35 years ago, the incredible ophthalmologist restoring sight, uh, again, using uh, the Russian type of technology and uh, other methods. Um, Secret Health Club. Go on to join the Secret Health Club, uh, look on the eye section, and I've interviewed Jerry Tennant and various experts, lots of stuff about the Russian stuff. There's also a book you can buy called The Eyesight Saviors. It's a small book, The Eyesight Saviors, which explains the Russian technology. Now, I'd like to say that um, while I believe that all health information should be free, so all the videos I do, everything I do, used to be available on YouTube, but now it's on Odyssey and Brand YouTube and one or two other platforms. But the Secret Health Club I do charge money for because I've got staff to run it and I need to make a living. Um, But if anybody watching this, wants to be a member, but they can't afford it, they can email me, clive at clive or, sorry, info at clive would be better. And if you can't afford the fee, tell us what you can afford. If you can't afford anything, I'll give it to you for free.
0: Uh, you that's know, that's incredibly kind of you, Clive. Uh, it, it doesn't make any difference to me, you see.
1: You either buy it or you get it for free. I mean, um, I'm hoping most people are honest and just, you know.
0: And I think that's how the world—that's how the world should work in a in, in an ideal world. Um, uh, I think if there was more people like you and me around, uh, I think the world would be a far better place, a far fairer place. Uh, quite frankly, okay, um, we could run it between us. Yeah, I'm sure we could do that. I'm sure we could do that. I got a couple more questions. I know we've been uh, we've been going on for about an hour and twenty minutes now already, but a couple more before we go, if that's okay with you. Um, My friend uh, Robbie over in France has asked, bearing in mind due to the inept governments that many people are struggling financially right now, how can they source non-genetically modified supplements without paying really high prices compared to the standard cheap versions?
1: Well, that's easy. My website.
0: Perfect. That's excellent.
1: But why I started a supplement company years and years ago was because how the hell can you work out what to buy? You go into the health food store, they don't know. They've only been guided by the salespeople. You can't judge it just by price. So, um, yeah, I, literally I started a supplement company so that people could just get stuff that actually worked. Yeah. No, that's but, yeah. With instructions that are true, you know. Yes.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and I think it's amazing what you do. So thank you very much for that. And uh, I just want to touch now on something we were speaking about Um before we came on air, uh, and that's something that I think is is just behind you, um, which we were talking about old technology and how we think as uh, humans today we've got the most advanced technology ever. Um, but you've you know a little bit different to that in terms of what technology was available to us a long time ago, involving Nikola Tesla. Can you tell us a, talk us through that a little
1: bit? Sure. I mean Nikola Tesla. 130 years ago, if you mentioned his name, everybody in the world would would pretty much say he's the most famous scientist ever because he's the reason, not Edison, but Tesla is the reason we have light bulbs, electricity as we know it. He invented remote control. He invented the electric motor as we know it now. You know, hundreds of inventions. And he also invented three healing devices, but he wouldn't patent them. He patented everything, refused to patent the healing devices. Near the end of his life, his patent agent had always been telling him you really ought to spend more attention on the healing devices. It was only the end of his life, which he publicly admitted that he regretted wasting his time on things that, you know, when he could have, anyway. So, um, he invented uh, a type of ozone generator, basically. Was, you know, ozone had been around before, but his version is still the version that is used. He invented diathermy, essentially along with others. People took his ideas and spread them, but, uh, ophthalmologists in hospitals still use diathermy today because with diathermy you can do surgery uh, without a scalpel so if you cut if you do surgery with electricity it cauterizes and there's no bleeding so for eye surgery they still use basically this sort of technology um, and then doctors, dentists used portable technology um, but uh i got introduced to this biomedical doctor almost 20 years ago now he explained to me how tester invented these these things they used to be in every hospital in the world you know most any every big hospital and he said we should buy one so i tracked one down secondhand. the very first pers- person i used it on came out of pain right away i mean i would never seen anything like it second person i used it on uh he was on morphine when he came to see me he was in big trouble. He'd been a DJ at the Roundhouse in London and he'd seen a speaker column about to collapse and probably kill this young girl. He, he was able to prop it up, but in doing so, he crushed three vertebrae. So I used this machine, only the second time I'd ever used it. It didn't even have instructions. I had one knob, I mean, really easy to use. And he comes out of pain, first time in 20 years. Bloody hell. And um, so I started tracking these old devices down and now I've got about six people I work with around the world um, the problem isn't finding them finding them is quite easy, the problem is restoring them because ah. technology, how, how they work is you get two Tesla coils which are tuned to resonate with one another so you know, using resonance you can create almost every frequency you know, sort of the harmonics and so on so um, but um you know, you have spark gaps you you usually create the frequencies by having sparks electromechanical stuff going on like like a spark plug and stuff and so you show that to the average electrician these days and they they've no idea what they're even looking at they don't mm-hmm. know how to tune one tesla coil with another and how to yeah you know, they're insulated often with beeswax i mean it's just a whole other level of technology which got superseded you know, Valves came out, then transistors and solid-state and so on. But this early technology, the Tesla original technology, is outstanding. And you know, um, people who join the Secret Health Club will be able to see a video where I get 34 people out of pain in a row in less than five minutes of each one. 34 people in a row with 100-year-old piece of kit. Incredible.
0: Uh, it, it, that is just mind-blowing uh, when you think about the... The technology that's been um, kind of suppressed uh, down the years—it just every every day I find out something something new and think, "Geez, what else is
1: there?" I, these bits of kit, um, although they have to be restored to be be safe and sensible and so on, they were made to last. You know, expensive pieces of kit, hand blown glass and all that. Um, so, uh, where's the money in that? you know, and and so they they got taken out. But there were other reasons. It wasn't just the conspiracy of the Rockefeller drug cartel. It was actually that they uh, interfered with radio and radio came out and these big, heavy, big hospital machines, I've got some that are really huge, um, they interfered with all the radios around. So they changed, because everyone was pissed off with their radios making a noise, to uh, shortwave. The original ones were more like longwave. And it was only when people started dying that they realized that while the the original tester versions were safe once they changed shortwave things weren't so safe and then then the second world war happened and they just took them out entirely but um basically if people are interested um i put all the information really behind the secret health club because i want people to um uh, but I mean, there's one rule for the Secret Health Club. There's only one rule. You have, to, you have to say that you're in favor of total health freedom. So if you're the bad guys trying to join the club, you can't. You're excluded because you're not in favor of total health freedom. So behind the club, I can say things that I can't say otherwise. Now, we've we've put a special, if you want to know about Tesla stuff, behind a one-pound paywall. You know, paying a little bit of money creates a, better, a stronger contract. So you pay £1, now you get access to all the information um, about these machines. And if you want to buy one, I can put you in touch privately uh, with how to get restored, incredible machines. And I've made videos about how to use them. A lot of practitioners use them, but but quietly. I don't think about this now because I don't do consultations or treatments anymore. So I can talk now. But uh, it's a profession. It's a profession in a box. It's ludicrous.
0: And it's uh, I've heard you. I heard you speak about this on a on a different podcast, and uh, you spoke about the, the Rockefellers' influence on, on medicine and how they completely changed how we used to have, um, you know, lots of homeopathy hospitals um, and, and all that kind of stuff. And and the one thing that you I heard you speak about, which I had no no idea about this, was the nineteen thirty nine uh, cancer with a K. Act uh, here in the UK. Now, can you tell people about that? Because I found that fascinating.
1: Well, that was the Cancer Act with a C. You can talk about that one. Oh, you're allowed for that one, are you? Uh, you See, the words you're not allowed to use are "cure" and "cancer." Yeah, those are verboten. You can't use those. Uh, So, in 1939, basically, the pharmaceutical industry successfully corrupted the British government to the extent they said. Unless you're a medical doctor, you're not allowed to treat cancer. And if you say it's curable, you're two years in jail, right? They did the same in dentistry. They gave dentists the monopoly on mount- on teeth, right? Nobody else is allowed to cure cancer. Nobody else is allowed to treat teeth. You have to be licensed, registered, pay your dues, and follow, follow the dictates that you're given. Um, so... When I I read the cancer act, it's, it's you know a, a readable document. And I suddenly realised um, it doesn't apply to Northern Ireland. So this is fifteen years ago when I read, read it. I thought wow, that's interesting. One could set up a cancer clinic in Northern Ireland. So I talked to my my legal advisor and I say, well, look what I've discovered! You you know, it doesn't cover Northern Ireland." He said, "Well," he said, "How much do you like living?" Uh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know they don't like. Um, you know, people who claim to go against the orthodoxy of drug surgery radiation, you know. I, I was talking years ago um, about reversal of autism. And at that point, I was getting death threats, as were everybody around me. Uh, every time I'd put on a talk, there'd be a bomb threat and the building had to be evacuated. You know, it. they don't want... There are certain areas they don't want you helping people and autism and cancer with a k are the big two yeah mm. uh, I, wonder I, I wonder why i wonder why
0: um yeah it's incredible I, I i also um heard you speaking on that on the podcast that i mentioned just now about um you were speaking about children who were blindfolded yes um, and who were taught how to see whilst blindfolded can you tell yeah. tell my viewers about that a little bit
1: yeah I, you know I, I, I was in ophthalmic optics for many years. I worked with contact lenses and I worked in a, a practice and I dealt with ophthalmologists and so on so it was my field for, for many years and I read uh, way back then you know, 40 years ago about the Russian technology the Russians who were teaching their blind children to see with their fingertips. Anyway, um, so I'd known about the capacity that we have to see and hear without ears, without eyes. And then I came across this incredible lady uh, several years ago who is teaching children how to see without eyes. It turns out, and on the Secret Health Club, you'll see the video of dozens of children Uh, playing games drawing painting fine paintings totally blindfolded they can't see a thing and they you know you can teach from about three-year-old up to about 11-year-old how to see without their eyes in minutes in some cases in minutes we have this ability and we don't know so on the child section of the secret health club not only is there that video and it's on the eye section but there's another video which shows that babies have language on the day they're born. A baby on the day it's born immediately, doesn't, it's, it's a language of sounds, not language, language. Um, you know, the sounds are like he or eh, or ooh or ah. And if you recognize the sound, which one is saying I'm hungry, one's saying I've got wind, one's saying I, I, I'm taking a poo, you know, all these things, hungry, tired, um, babe, there are babies now where the parents have learnt these simple words, basic words, so the baby's hardly ever had to cry because they've known it's hungry. They haven't bothered to try and put it down to sleep, change its nappy when it doesn't need it, burp it when it doesn't need it. Yeah. You know, babies have been telling... You know, your mum didn't listen to a word you said. Now, if, if mum or dad ignores the sick... After three months, they stop making these noises. So the children whose parents have understood what they're saying, they... Get to language quicker. They don't cry so much. Um, there are some incredible videos that everybody needs to know. If you're going to have a baby, you must look at the baby page. Essential. Wow.
0: Well, Clive, that's uh, been absolutely fascinating, and that hour and a half has just flown by. And uh, thank you so much uh, for giving me all of your time this evening. It's been um, it's been brilliant. Uh, some of that that information, I'm just going to have to go back there was so much information there i'm gonna to have to go back and watch myself which is something i don't particularly like doing but uh, <laughs> your, your information was uh was some of it was just mind-blowing um so thank oh, you good. very much for coming on and i look forward to uh to having a look um around the secret health club um that's going to be uh, that's going to be fascinating and uh yeah just brilliant and thank you very much for for your time this evening and i'm sure that uh, our pals will cross again soon well, I hope so. Because we've only scratched the surface. Yes, I know. I know there's so much. I had so many more questions, but uh, we can we can do them another time, and uh, hopefully you'll come back on again maybe uh, in a few months' time.
1: Brilliant. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Clive. Well, there you go. Um, how much information was there there to take in? Um, incredible stuff. Uh, so I hope you found that uh, interesting and illuminating, as I did. Um, and uh, yeah wonderful and i hope that you've uh, you've all had a good week and i and i wish uh, that you have a, a fantastic week coming up uh, and i look forward to speaking to you all again next week and as i say at the end of all of these do something every day that makes someone else's life a little bit better thanks everyone